A new rivalry is born beyond the Pelicans getting their sixth straight win. And now separation at top of the Western Conference. You saw two teams that don't like each other battle it out. Let's break down the game, the aftermath, and the playoff atmosphere that we saw in the Smoothie King Center in a bonus episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on a Saturday, a bonus episode of Locked On Pelicans, because y'all know we were going to talk about this 128-117 win over the Phoenix Suns, a game that got very into intense towards the end. And I do think it is the start of a new rivalry in the NBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Whether you're a new listener who's tuning in because the team is number one in the Western Conference, or you've been with me for the six plus years that I've been hosting the show, I appreciate you making me part of the day and you being excited about this Pelicans team. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Pelicans beat the Phoenix Suns, first of two games straight for these two teams to play each other. And this one felt like conference finals, a playoff game. This was a fun one in the Smoothie King Center. And let's start with the end of the game. As time was winding down, Chris Paul missed a shot. Pelicans got the rebound, threw it ahead to Zion Williamson, who basically with time expiring, throws down a 360 windmill dunk that's probably going to be number one on ESPN and around the world tomorrow. It was awesome. Awesome dunk. But they were up by enough at that point and the game was effectively over. And what you normally see in these situations is someone just dribble the clock out and the game ends. And the Suns did not take kindly to Zion throwing down a monster dunk. Late in the game, and after the fact, Chris Paul said something to Zion and Jose Alvarado. The teams got into it at half court, even though the, you know, the time was at zero. The game was done. The Pelicans had won. And now they play again on Sunday. And it feels like after a pretty chippy and tough playoff series between these two teams this past year, that a new rivalry is born. These teams very clearly don't like each other. In his post-game press conference after the game, Jose Alvarado, who was awesome in this one and we'll talk about in the third segment, wouldn't refer to Chris Paul by name, just referred to him as that guy. You saw CJ McCollum after the game say, look, if you don't want Zion and us to throw down dunks, you better get back and defend or make the shot and rebound. The Suns, for their part, said this felt like unsportsmanlike. Look, I'm not a big believer in unwritten rules. You don't want this to happen like, I don't know, play better. Don't make this one so intense. I don't know. I don't don't know what to say. These guys are out there having fun. This was a home game for New Orleans that had a playoff atmosphere to it. Them trying to show off and throw down dunks and have a little bit of fun in front of the home crowd feels like the right thing to do, to be perfectly honest. Look, Zion scored 35 points in this one, and there's only two that they seem really upset about in a loss by... 11 points. 
There's more Phoenix should feel bad about than this dunk at the end of the game. And for Chris Paul to be the one that kind of instigated all of this, said something after the game, when there's been multiple instances of him running up the score, is unbelievably ironic. Other Devin Booker want to say something? That might be one thing. Chris Paul, not a damn chance, let alone him being one of the dirtiest players in the league. And we all know this. I kind of like that about him. But like, get over it play better. Like that's, that's kind of the answer to this sort of thing. Now, you know that they're going to come out with a certain type of attitude, let's say on Sunday, when these two teams face off again, and I would not be shocked if someone comes in, gets an incredibly hard foul on Zion, gets a flagrant two, gets tossed. And it's a player that doesn't matter. You really want to be like that though, sons, you know, it, it was just kind of interesting. And what I love about this though, is you don't see enough things like this. There's probably not enough bad blood in the NBA. And I kind of like that this one has that every Pelican Suns game going forward should probably be on national TV. You have star power and Devin Booker, who's player of the month, Zion, who's unstoppable and going to be in the MVP conversation. We'll talk about him in the next segment. Chris Paul kind of going for one last ride. Former New Orleans coach in Monty Williams, former assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns in Willie Green, who's now the head coach for New Orleans. There's so many stories. This game should be on TV and this should be a rivalry. I wouldn't be shocked if these two teams face each other again in the postseason. The Suns got the better of New Orleans last year. Six games was a tougher series than they would have wanted. Maybe it tired them out to lose pretty badly to the Dallas Mavericks in game seven. But this feels like the future of the Western Conference right now. But New Orleans got the better of them in this one. And by the way, credit to you, New Orleans. Credit to you, Pelicans fans. The Smoothie King Center was packed. Y'all knew the stakes of this game. First place in the Western Conference. Phoenix could take it over from New Orleans if they won. New Orleans could get some separation if they won. And the crowd was rowdy. The crowd was into it all game long. Smoothie King Center is old. They need a new modern arena. But you know what? No one thought about that at all in this game because the crowd was booing Chris Paul every time he touched the ball. They were into it when the refs got foul calls wrong. They were cheering their boys, the Pelicans. They absolutely knew the stakes of this game and brought it. And you could see New Orleans feed off of that energy, particularly late down the stretch. With Larry Nance Jr. being huge, we'll talk about him in the third segment, grabbing rebounds, getting that layup at the end, Zion throwing down the dunks, they were feeding off of the energy. New Orleans, anytime someone says this isn't a basketball city, point them to this regular season game and call them on their BS. This was a playoff game, is what it felt like. If you had told me this was a game in the NBA Finals, I would have believed you, and I bet Sunday is going to feel like that. That can't happen between these two teams because they're in the Western Conference, but it's going to have that kind of atmosphere. If you don't have tickets to the game yet, get them. Get in there for 2.30. It's going to be that much fun. And these two teams don't like each other, and I absolutely dig it. But that unwritten rule stuff, BS, play better. Get a rebound. Don't miss the shot, Chris Paul. That was a real short one he had that led to that rebound that led to Zion getting that dunk. Slow him down. Get upset about the other 33 33 points he scored, not the final two. If those don't bother you, I don't know what to tell you. But he was unstoppable. We'll talk about Zion coming up. 
but credit to New Orleans, credit to the game day ops for hitting the right buttons, knowing what kind of bits and segments to do. The t-shirt cannon right at the end was a real smart thing that got people loud. Just an overall unbelievable experience in the Smoothie King Center on Friday night. I had to get home and record the bonus episode. I wanted to be back here to talk to y'all. I'm that amped up. It was so much fun. Be there on Sunday. So let's talk about Zion Williamson coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best artists, icons, and leaders anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn business development from Bob Iger. You can learn about leadership from Coach K or have Steph Curry teach you shooting and ball handling. Masterclass has a much bigger selection than you realize. I thought it was a bunch of celebrities just kind of talking about their field, but there's a huge selection that involves really cool things like mixology, dog training, gardening, negotiating. The presentation is easy to navigate. The chapters are very clearly laid out and they're broken up into small segments so you don't feel overwhelmed. A four-hour class broken up into a bunch of little chapters and it's easy to stop and start. There's a bookmark function that allows you to stop and pick right back up. You don't feel pressure like you have to block out hours. You can make it work on your schedule. And this is a real class. This isn't just someone talking at you. There's meaningful and thoughtful notes behind everything. It's a legitimate class. So I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership. By the way, you get one for free too. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on, uh, locked on terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every hire right now for your small business can feel like a high stakes wager. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And they have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all and a bonus episode today, Friday night, Saturday, depending on when you're listening, Monday through Friday. No one else is coming to you like this, completely free, breaking down the biggest things about this Pelicans team, the biggest stories, the in-depth play, everything you want to hear about. We're covering it here at Locked On Pelicans. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Number one thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. Do you think... This is the new rivalry in the NBA. Let me know, yes or no, in the comments down below on YouTube. So this game, Zion Williamson, y'all, he is good. I don't know what else to say. I've already done the show of, of whether or not he is an MVP candidate. This is the type of game... This one is going to put you on the map. You're going to see him shoot up the rankings. If someone puts out new MVP rankings over the weekend, Zion's going to be much higher. He might be as high as two, three for a lot of people. He was unstoppable as he's been for a while. They won this game, 128-117. No Brandon Ingram. No Herb Jones. Zion needed to carry this team. And guess what? He did it. 35 points on the night. His shooting numbers are ridiculous. 
13 of 17, that's 76.5%. Nine of 12 went to the free throw line 12 times. Seven rebounds, four assists, one steal, no blocks, two turnovers, that's it, and not one single foul. This was a close game. This was a close game for the most part. He was a plus 30, plus 30. The next closest Pelican to him was Jose Alvarado off the bench at plus 13. Then Larry Nance Jr., plus 11, plus 30. I don't know what else I need to say. Other than that is an absurd number, and he carried this team. This guy needs to be in the MVP conversation. I don't necessarily say he has to win, but he needs to be in the MVP conversation. 35 points on 17 shots is ridiculous. That's over two points per shot attempt. Anytime someone says he needs a mid-range shot or anything like that, he doesn't. Not when you can do what he does at this level, which is scoring at the rim. The touch is back. The feel is back. The handle is back. To only have two turnovers on that kind of usage rate and everything he was doing is just freaking bonkers. There's not enough superlatives to say about him right now. And it was punctuated by that 360 windmill dunk at the end. But he also had a dunk before that cutting baseline where it looked like he missed the dunk. If you were in the arena from certain angles, you didn't think he made that because the ball flew, flew behind him. After that, that's usually you hit the rim and then it just bounces away. Except he threw the ball into the hoop so violently on this dunk that the net like whipped it around. Dude's back. Dude's playing at an MVP level. He's playing defense. This team starts and stops with Zion Williamson. He's the alpha and omega in a sense. His usage rate, let me try and find it if I can pull it up. Not even as high as you would have thought, actually, in this game. 24.9, so quarter. That's pretty good, actually, all things told for that kind of efficiency. That's actually an insane night. You would have expected that to be 30-plus. It's not. That's how special of a player he is. No one else in the league can do what he does. They need to make sure they're getting him the ball. They did a much better job of that tonight, last night, depending on when you're listening to this. In the game, the win against the Detroit Pistons, he didn't touch the ball for the first five, six, seven possessions. They only scored two points on those. They made a concerted effort to get Zion the ball anytime they really needed a bucket. He needed to be touching it at least once, twice every possession. They did a good job of that. This is Willie Green realizing how this team was going to need to get the victory and then making it happen and having his guys ready to go. CJ had a Better-ish game than he has been having. 18 points on 16 shots. But you knew that he just needed to work off ball and let Zion create for others, and he did. Zion in this one, easily, if he wanted to, could have had like 12 assists. Except he realized he needed to score for the rest of this team and carry that kind of load, and he did. At one point, he was kind of somewhat flirting with a triple-double. Maybe he could get there if he passed the ball. And I looked at my buddy Jeremy, who has season tickets with me, and I was like, he's not going to get another assist this game because he needs to be the one scoring, and, and he didn't. He went out, and he put the team on his back and carried them to victory, doing the shorthanded still, too. What he's been doing offensively and defensively is nothing short of outstanding. The highlight plays that he has are just him being him. And you can see with that 360 windmill dunk, I'm going to say that out every single time because it's so absurd to do that in a game, not in an exhibition kind of dunk contest, to do it in the run of the game, even though there were no sons around him because they didn't get back and defend because they were trying to get a rebound that they couldn't get, that 
he's just an absurd player. He's one of the best in the league. You're going to start to see him being put on the all-star team, getting all NBA votes at the end of the season, and he's going to be in the MVP conversation, particularly if the Pelicans keep winning, particularly when they dismantle a very good Phoenix Suns team like this. When Brandon Ingram comes back, which I expect to be Sunday, when Herb Jones is back, it still needs to be the Zion show and everyone needs to work off of him. Having him bring the ball up the quarter, if he doesn't do it, getting him the ball soon. He all, basically has to touch the ball on every offensive possession. Not like actually, but kind of. The court gravity he has, the way he can score and the things that he can do are absurd. And he makes life easier for everyone. I don't remember when in the game it was, but they got him the ball on the... Right side free throw line. I think it was in the second, it was in the first half. And he drifts towards the baseline. Jonas is there. Jonas's man comes to double Zion. So Zion has two guys on and Jonas just cuts, you know, like it's like eight feet to the basket. And Zion just kind of whips the pass right over. Those two defenders gets it to Jonas who puts it in for a dunk. It's like a stupidly simple play. And Zion just realized what would happen if he kind of drifted towards the baseline towards Zion. The spacing looked like gross at one point there because they were almost touching each other. And then Jonas just cuts to the basket and his defender doesn't follow him because they're so worried about Zion. Boom, pass, score. Sometimes this doesn't need to be hard. And with the court gravity that Zion has, the attention he commands from defenses, it's not. Get him the ball, let good things happen, and this offense is basically going to be unstoppable this season. And they were in this game. But let's talk about the other guys. We know Zion's good. We know this is going to be a new budding rivalry in the NBA. But the defense they played on Devin Booker and had him so frustrated with a rookie, a rookie doing that to him. Let's talk about Dyson Daniels, a couple of other players that really stood out to me in this win over the Phoenix Suns coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it covered at BetOnline.net. They have NBA futures too. If you think Zion could win MVP, the odds are going to be better right now than they're going to be in a week. So get in on it. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. If you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. We're here Monday through Friday, breaking down anything you want to know about this team. I love when y'all give me show ideas too. And it's the number one team in the Western Conference. It's a fun time to be a Pelicans fan. Start following them more closely. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you've been with me through a while, for a while, I've been doing this for six plus years, over 1,400 shows. Congrats to you for making it out the other side because there have been some dark days, some dark years here. I appreciate you sticking with me and your passion through the Pelicans, sustaining you to this point. Enjoy this. It's fun. It's not always going to be like this, but this is a fun team to follow right now. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. Ross Jackson, one of the best in the business, breaking down everything black and gold. Right now, he's looking at, should they draft Hendon Hooker? They need an answer at the QB situation. Is Hooker out of Tennessee the way to go? One of the more intriguing prospects to me in the draft, go get the full rundown from Ross over at Locked on Saints. Make sure they are your second listen. 
And today we are talking, and we're going to start to wrap up the show about the Pelicans' 128-117 win over the Phoenix Suns. This game Sunday, y'all, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be chippy. The Suns are going to do something. The Suns are going to do something dirty. But look, New Orleans is going to be ready for that. they got some dogs on the team. Najee Marshall is ready to fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. You also have Jonas Valanciunas, which, look, if you throw him in the Royal Rumble with any of these Phoenix Suns players, I'm taking Jonas. Who Could Aiton, in like a fight or a wrestling match, actually take Jonas? He might get the better of him on the court, but I don't think he's going to be able to do that in that kind of atmosphere. Let Jonas get angry, and let's see how quickly the Phoenix Suns shrink away. And Jonas in this one had an interesting game. 4 of 16 shooting, 12 points, 10 rebounds, a weird triple-double that you wouldn't call great. This isn't the right matchup for him. You saw that in the playoffs last season. There's times where he dominates and times when you're like, this this ain't it, and it was definitely one of those games for him. Eaton just gives him trouble. Eaton was good in this one and tried his best to kind of be the best player for the Phoenix Suns. 25 points, 14 rebounds, 11 of 15 shooting for Eaton in this. If they're looking for an adjustment in this game on Sunday, it might be Billy Hernan Gomez. I don't know if he's actually going to fare better, but he did do a good job against Nikola Jokic. I thought you would have seen him in this one, but the Pelicans elected to go with a shorter rotation, just nine guys, which I don't hate. But maybe look to him if Jonas gets is ineffective again or Leonard Jr. gets in foul trouble, which he was at one point in this, though he ended up finishing okay. Something to kind of keep an eye on. How long can you go? Can you play Jonas 28 minutes again? I'm not sure. But with Zion playing the way he did, you certainly have a little bit more breathing room. And Jonas got a couple of big buckets down the stretch. And all's well that ends well, I guess. Larry Nance Jr. was great in this one. So impactful coming off the bench. 17 points, 9 rebounds as well. 5 assists. Basically cleaning up a lot of misses for New Orleans. He had 6 offensive rebounds in this one, leading to second chance opportunities. They needed that in a game that you can't waste possessions. You need to make sure you're getting those offensive boards, keeping the possession alive, getting second chance points, second chance opportunities. Key on this. Miss 3, he was able to gobble up the rebound. Miss layup from someone else, he was right there for it. Just an incredibly impactful performance from him off the bench. The Phoenix Suns are a good rebounding team. Top five in the league. Offensive rebounding team, I should say. They only had eight on the night. New Orleans won that. 13-8 to in terms of offensive rebounds. Really negating a big advantage that the Phoenix Suns could have had in this one. They had just nine second chance points to 23 for the Pelicans. You love to see that. That's why I still think you need to play Jonas because his rebounding is going to be so important. But between him, between... um, Larry Nance Jr. And by the way, C.J. McCollum, not the best efficient shooting night, but making his presence felt on the defensive boards, getting kind of into those long rebound territories, grabbing and scooping up a couple ending possessions. He was still impactful and made his presence felt out there on the court, even though he wasn't shooting particularly well. You have to love guys making an impact in other areas of the game if their shot isn't falling. Guy whose shot was falling, Jose Alvarado. You can't say enough superlatives about him in this one. Honestly, I would describe his performance as heroic. This is a guy that took a shot to his ribs the other game and was questionable to play. You knew he was going to play in this one. He was not going to play against that guy. We won't use the name right now here. Follow Jose's lead. 
He wanted to play in this. He wanted to get back into that battle that you saw him do with that guy in the postseason last year. 20 points for Jose. His shot was falling from three early, making three threes. He was getting down low, getting to the rim and scoring that way, including one over Eaton that was absurd. He went with this kind of circus layup that hit at the bottom of the backboard, bottom right corner, and then still caromed in and had such insane English on the ball, the spin on the ball to get that in was nuts. But he was making defensive plays, three steals on the night. He was out there scoring, and you could see he was in pain. At one point, he hit the ground hard, and he was hurting. Then got hit on the face in the next possession. He was hurting. And still, driving into the teeth of this defense, like sacrificing his body, just a heroic performance from him. Heart and soul of New Orleans brings so much energy off the bench, and the Smoothie King Center freaking loves this guy. And then finally, Dyson Daniels. Dyson, you didn't score much, four points on the night, but his defense against Devin Booker, one of the best scorers in the league, outstanding. Didn't look like a rookie out there on the court. He was excellent. Devin Booker was frustrated in this game. 14 points on 17 shots. Think about that one for a second. Five of 17, that's under 30% from the field. He had a bad night. He doesn't normally have those kind of nights. This is a guy that can get 30 points in his sleep if he wanted to. And towards the end of the game, he wasn't out there on the court for the Phoenix Suns because he was so frustrated. I, I haven't listened to their press conference. I haven't seen Twitter. I don't know why he wasn't out there. But did Monty pull him? Did he just pull himself because he said, screw this, I'm done? He couldn't get anything going. He was yelling at the refs. I was surprised he wasn't teed up at one point. They made his life, they, they put him in hell. He was in jail all game because of Dyson Daniels, because of smart double teams, not always, but the majority of the time on him. Let anyone else beat them other than him, and the Phoenix Suns weren't able to do it. This was an awesome game. This is a statement win, a signature win for the New Orleans Pelicans, and a new rivalry is born, and I can't wait till Sunday. And I know the Smoothie King Center crowd, Pelicans fans, are going to bring it. It's going to feel like a finals game in there. It's going to be absolutely awesome. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll have another show Sunday night. We'll be back all rest of the week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment and comment down below. And if you're a new listener, thank you for being here. If you've been with me for a while, I appreciate you too because it's been a long road to get into where they are right now and it's fun. Enjoy it. Be happy. Have a drink, celebrate this win, and I'll see y'all on Sunday night.